What do you think of when you hear the term badass? Now, before we get to that, before we answer that question, I want to ask, have you caught the most recent episodes? So we've had this great run, got more great guests coming up. But a few episodes back, Jennifer McClure discussed networking, personal branding, and career changes after 50. So really, really important topic for a lot of us. I shared how my wife and I became debt-free, so I can't say it will work for everyone, but I definitely share what worked well for us. And Dr. Ellen Albertson, also known as the Midlife Whisperer, shared what people who are absolutely rocking midlife do differently and what we can learn from them. So back to my original question, what do you think of when you hear the term badass? You know, do you think of the leather-clad rocker on the Harley, Navy SEALs, mixed martial artists? How about the middle-aged person you see in the mirror every morning? Craig Sweeney, founder of Over 50 Badass, challenges us to unleash our inner badass simply by living the best life we can live and being the person we know we can be. So he and I discuss the high school reunion that really became the genesis for Over 50 Badass, getting out of those midlife ruts, how to approach changing jobs or careers in midlife, and moving past those who don't want us to change or improve. Now, by the way, as you might guess, there's a little bit more swearing than usual, uh, but nothing that wouldn't be acceptable in a PG movie. So, are you ready to become the badass you were meant to be? Let's get started. Welcome to Midlife Mastery. This is Brock Edwards, and today I've got Craig Sweeney. Craig, can you do just a quick introduction about yourself? Who are you and what are you up to? Yeah, well, I'll leave with my age because this is Midlife Mastery. So, I'm a Gen Xer, 54 years old, residing in the beautiful state of Wisconsin. And I, about, uh, well, about two years ago now, started a, a niche media company called Over 50 Badass and started off with an email newsletter. We are actually, I will say, rejiggering the whole platform right now and, and coming out with a new community platform that will consist of the email newsletter and upcoming podcast, some courseware online courseware, and some other some other neat things, virtual and uh, in in-person events uh, on down the road a bit. But you know, just looking at, at, at life, I think, you know, from the perspective uh, of the, the glass, you know, being, being you know, not half full, but, but certainly more than half full. And, and so I, I think there's so many folks out there that that think of aging in midlife as a point whereby which everything is downhill from here. And, and I certainly haven't hit my stride yet. And my my future is bright and I want to kick some ass for the next 30, 40, 50 years. And I want to take others along on the ride and hear their stories and hear how they're doing it and just applaud the people that that, that have that same attitude and maybe you know lift some other folks up that that have gotten gotten a little bit down with their midlifes or or feel that they need some uh, a kick in the pants if you will and a reminder that for god's sakes we're only you know we're in midlife we're, we're we don't have a foot in the grave yet folks let's uh let's still get out there and, and, and really really do shit i mean that apologize brock in advance i tend to let a, an s word fly here and there or something so if you need to if you need to to, to bleep me out you go right ahead we're good well i mean and I mean, it's over 50 badass, definitely taking a stand that uh, a lot of media companies, platforms wouldn't. So let me ask, you know, uh, why did you choose the name and beyond the name? What what was the impetus that made you say, no, nah, I got to go do this? So, okay, the, the genesis over 50 badass, and, and I'll try, try to keep this as short as possible. I was invited to my 35th high school reunion. 
Uh, this is about three years ago now, so I was 51 at the time. And as one does when a big reunion is coming up, you tend to make connections on Facebook with former classmates that you haven't heard from, from for quite some time. And I started in these groups on Facebook hearing about my former classmates and former friends' aches and pains, you know, how they're, they're getting out of bed and it's not as easy as it used to be. You know, complaining about certain things, being overweight or, or, you know, what have you, and how they can't wait to retire, take their pension, spend all day fishing, go up to the lake, buy that RV, whatever it may be. And I turned to my then fiance, now wife, and I said, are you freaking kidding me? I said, we are 51 years old, and, and I've got this group of classmates that's, that's acting as though we're 80. And I, you know, I, I could not believe it. I was actually pretty appalled. <laughs> I've never been one to, and I've always, I've always been pretty healthy. So I've, I've been blessed with that. And I know some people aren't as healthy. So, you know, there are legitimate uh, concerns as, as we go older. And that's not something that I want to ignore with over 50 badass. But certainly I was the, the perspective of life being on the downside was completely foreign to me. And in hearing people that I once was close to, and in some instances still am, take that viewpoint or have that attitude really hit me hard. And being a, a writer, a creative writer, somebody who's developed copy, worked in, in the advertising space for quite some time, I said, I've got to do something about this. There's got to be a group of people out there that feel the same way I do. And I, and I know there were, I mean, there's people that I hang around with there, you know, and, and my wife and I tend to hang around with folks in their, in their forties primarily, but you know, I, I couldn't believe this. And I said, I'm going to go out, set out to find my group, my, my tribe, my gang, and we can help some other folks along the way realize that, Hey, things aren't as you know gloomy as they may seem as you're hitting your, your fifties or 55, 60 years old, whatever it is. I want to do that. So I started writing an email newsletter. The, the tone of the newsletter, the name over 50 Badass, quite frankly, was fairly calculated. I, I really think that as, you know, as we were talking earlier, Brock, there's not a lot out there that discusses the, the, the transition into midlife, out of midlife, into your, your senior age category. That that's really, in my in my opinion, valuable. Other than certain, you know, things, you know, uh, like we talked about, pharmaceutical focused articles, articles and and think tanks, etc. That I feel come at the subject in a very, I guess, pseudo educational, almost nonprofity type of way, if you will. There's not a strong brand out there that that really talks to this to this issue, this age group, this demographic, you know, I look at AARP and, and I, I kind of, I was talking to somebody early on and they said, you want to be an alternative to AARP, right? And I said, you know, that, that's somewhat it, right? I think, uh, I think AARP does some fantastic things. I mean, I, I resisted AARP for a, a damn long time. I, you know, they, you know, those, those envelopes would start flying into the mailbox at 45 and, and they'd go straight the circular file at home just because i was like hell no i'm not I, I, I i'm not paying a senior you know a senior price for coffee at mcdonald's and i'll, I'll pay full price for the movie thank you very much 
you know, I'm not, I'm not old, you know, and I, you know, I still, to this day, I'm still not an ART member. Although I, I, my attitude is, is, is somewhat softened to that. But, it, you know, the whole, the whole tenor, the way I talk to folks is, is not in a preachy you know, way, you know, where I've got all the answers. I'm talking to my audience like I would talk to somebody sitting next to me at the, you know, at the, at the bar, at the pub, over a glass of beer. The people that I want to help with Over 50 Badass aren't, in general, and I'm going to put air quotes around that, aren't, in general, the folks that have a life coach, the folks that may seek out other, you know, literature, other articles, they might not have a career coach and probably, I'd say probably don't have a career or life coach. These are folks that maybe have been uh, working on, I'm going to use a Milwaukee reference because I'm sitting here, um, working on the line at, let's say, Harley Davidson for 30 years and wake up one day and they say, holy shit, I am unhappy. I don't like what I'm doing. I need to make a change, you know, just from, from, from a psychological perspective, or I, I need to make a change from a financial perspective because I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm certainly not ready financially to retire. Um, so there's, there's reasons people at, at, in midlife either have to, or want to make a big change. And, and, and a lot of us um, are, are, completely paralyzed when we think about making those big either career or life changes, right? And I think there needs to be resources that talk to people in a real way and 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 really kind of help them take that first step, if that makes sense. And that's what I, I'm setting out to do here at Over the Badass. Yeah, you, you know, it seems like so much of the advice, the information out there is getting back to zero, you know, like, taking something that's broken and just making it good enough. It's not, how do you do this? Great. How do you keep accelerating? How do you make this the absolute best time of your life? The, you know, the rest of it seems to be about just getting through, you know, gutting it out till you retire, till you die, whatever. It's, it's not about so much of it. Isn't about, you know, ramping up, bringing out your inner badass as you were talking about. Why is that? I mean, I, I know we, we go through life, we get in ruts, we develop bad habits, whatever, but not, you know, we kind of hit this point where we do wake up and go, mm, I'd like something a little different. You know, I, I don't see myself doing this for another 20, 30 years. Where do we tend to get in our own way? You know, I think what, what you said, you know, kind of, uh, kind of hits the nail on the head. You know, we do get these rocks and I think it's a combination of, of our own, our own reticence to change. Our, and, and some of that's I'm going to attribute to just sheer laziness. You know, the fact that we're, we're, you know, we're kind of in our stride in our, our 20s, 30s, and 40s. You know, our, our job is, you know, we look at our job as good. It's paying the bills. We're, we're putting money into our 401k. But, and you've got, normally you've got the kids and, and, and the spouse, luck, you know, if you're lucky, that you know, kind of distract you maybe from your unhappiness at times, from your, you know, fr from your, I, I guess, averageness. And I think we wake up when some of those outside distractions are, are possibly gone. Your kids are, your kids are grown. Maybe they're up to university, um, you know, or they moved out and got a place of their own and we have more time with ourselves. And quite frankly, you know, when we do have more time with ourselves, then that's when, you know, those big, 
you know, this big batches come in and you're like, you wake up and you're like, holy crap, I, I gotta do something. You know, I've got, you know, 40 years left and, and you know, I'll kill myself if I have to, if I have to go to this job one more day. And the problem with that is, you know, most of us haven't been, you know, haven't made changes in quite a while. And, and, and the ability or even the know-how to, to take those steps isn't there or, or you know, has been long forgotten. And, and in addition to that, you've got, you've got the, cultural, the cultural pressures of, of either your friend group or your, your work group, your church group, your, your family saying, you know, what the hell are you doing? You've got, you've got this great job. You, you know, you guys have a great house. You know, you're fine. What are you, what are you complaining about? You know, and so they're looking at you like, you know, you're crazy to, to, to want to make a change. And a lot of times those, those forces, and they mean well, most of the time, some of the time they don't, but they mean well, most of the time, but they, they are, keeping a lot of us from making those changes that we either need or want to make. Yeah. You know, it, it, it occurs to me that, and I just, you know, thinking of random stuff, you know, the, the line from the song, me and Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin of freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. And, you know, when you're, when I was in my twenties, like I had no money, I could switch jobs. I mean, there was nothing to lose and yeah. it was all upside. And yet I can see, looking around at my peers, you know, you, you hit the 50, you're, you're probably comfortable, you'll probably have a mortgage, car payments, college payments, whatever, hopefully a pretty decent paying job, you know, hopefully you're, you're kind of on, on the high end, you've been working your way up the, the pay scale. And, you know, that's hard to put at risk. It, it, it seems like we at, at this age, we often just change when life kicks us in the head, you know, we, we, we get divorced, we lose our job, we get downsized, whatever. I don't know, I guess I'm wondering, how, how do we how do we initiate that change before the world forces us to change? Yeah, and so that's an interesting question. I, I think, you know, when I look at the word badass, and I, and, and I, people, I get confused by, you know, oh, you know, I don't want to be a badass. No, I don't want to, I don't want to buy a Harley. I don't want to, you know, dress in black and, and, you know, go to rock shows every weekend. That's not what this is, you know? So, so making a change could be as simple as reconnecting with your badassery, you know, if you will. So for instance, I used to, I used to race, I used to be a ski. I've, I've not skied for a few years now. And that was something that I felt badass doing. You know, whatever that is, you know, identify your badassery, identify those things that gave, that really you were passionate about when you were younger. You don't have to make sweeping changes with your life. There's plenty of us that I call badasses that are completely happy with their current job, with their spouse and what have you. But there's something missing. You know, maybe they have lost that passion. Right. So, you know, my suggestion is what did you used to do when you were younger that, that you just got you just got so much joy out of or you kicked ass at that you haven't done for a while. Let's, let's just go and dust that off, pick it up. And, you know, maybe, you know, you're probably not going to, you know, probably not going to do it as well. And you might pull a muscle now that we're 54, but, you know, do it. Um, just reconnect with, it, with your badass self. I apologize. I have a dog barking. I'm not sure. <laughs> 
But if, if that makes sense, you know, the changes don't always have to be huge sweeping changes. So w- within that, you know, going for the small changes or, or reconnecting with the things that, that used to bring joy the things that we used to really care about. One of the things you mentioned is that sometimes people with the best of intentions will kind of, if not, if not discourage, at least not actively encourage. Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of us have people in our lives that do discourage. I think there's, there's certainly multiple reasons and, and, you know, some of them are, are good reasons, but a lot of them are their own fear that, that, you're going to outgrow them oh, that, you know, maybe they've got the fear of making change. They've got the fear of, of really, you know, stepping out into your, into your midlife in a confident way. And they're, they're they fear that they're going to get left behind. So they discourage you. And, and so I think there's a lot of that going on and, and, you know, they're, they're wanting to maintain this status quo that, you know, Hey, this person's going to make changes grow and they'll, they'll, you know, really grow out of our friendship or our relationship. And I think that there's, there's, there's an issue there. And then, you know, there's the old saying, you know, you are, you know, the sum of the, the, the people that the five people that you hang around with. And, you know, there is some of that. So I think you need to, you need to look at your tribe and if they're discouraging you from, from setting big goals at midlife or, making changes in a positive way. I mean, certainly there's positive and negative changes, but if you're, if you're looking to make positive changes and you're being discouraged, then you have to look at, you know, Hey, you know, maybe that's somebody that I shouldn't be associating with quite as, quite as frequently or quite as deeply. So yeah, you're exactly right. Well, you know, uh, when we think about kind of redefining, rediscovering ourselves, like I said, you know, sometimes the world foists it on us. Sometimes it, it, it doesn't. Sometimes we, we can, get to make those choices in, in the column of things. You know, one of the things that a lot of people, I think, uh, our age face is career. It's easy to be comfortable in a career. It's easy to kind of get to the box canyon of your career. You know, you, you've made it so far and, you know, you're probably not going to make it a lot further where, where you are, either from your own comfort or just that. That's about as far as you're going at that company. So, I don't know how this, how my far this goes into your area of expertise, but what advice do you have, or, or what have you seen for people that are, you know, wanting to change careers at this time of life, and whether they're comfortable or they've just been kicked out of their job or, or whatever it is, you know, for a lot of people, they've probably been in that job for a while and aren't up on job hunting or where they should even look or how to present themselves when the world's going, yeah, we'd like someone younger. Kind of a rambling question, but you know, when we think about redefining careers, a part of that, where, where to start? Yeah, I, that is a it's, a, it's a complicated question, but really you, you are spot on when you, you talk about, you know, many of us have not been on the job search for many, many years. And it's, it's different when we hit this midlife stage Ageism is a real thing, you know, despite the data that shows that an intergenerational workforce is much more productive than a a strictly younger workforce. I've seen ageism in practice being in the advertising space for many, many years. I was a senior vice president for an agency about 10 years ago. And, you know, in my early 40s, I felt ancient in that space. So, you know, there are there are certain industries where it's more prevalent than others, but certainly across the board, ageism is uh, a prevalent issue in, in this country and indeed all around the world. Actually, we, we recently took on an investment from a European uh, investor to 
to look into this further and to bring to market a, a, a job and resource platform for folks in this uh, that, that will address this exact issue. So that's something we're really looking at right now. It's it's you need to you need to market yourself differently as you enter middle age. You need to market your your skills and your experience not in a linear fashion like you did when you were younger. You need to not speak to, you know, hey, 35 years in this role at this company so blatantly. You believe, you know, you believe that that's a feather in your cap and you do believe, and I'm not saying it's not true, but you believe that that is something that is looked on favorably, but corporate America will look at that and, and, and look at it differently in, in that, you know, this person, like it or not, is older and that that either outright or latent ageism can can creep in. So, you know, you need to not not hide your your age, if you will, but certainly learn how to message your experience and skill set in a different way than you you did when you were 35 years old, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I know everyone's situation is different, but what are some of the the general advantages of, you know, those of us who are over fifty bring to the workplace? Yeah, so I think I think the workplace is changing. I think you know, COVID has certainly changed the workplace tremendously. I think the age, whether or not you're 30, 40, 50, or sixty, the age of Going into the office, working nine to five, and in many instances, collecting a paycheck with you know with a, a, a good insurance package, it can can you know be a thing of the past. You know, we're not going to go back to where we were pre-COVID. I think the opportunities that exist for somebody at midlife or older to take their experiences and their skills that they've developed the course of 30, 40 years and really parlayed that into a fantastic second half in terms of the ability to either freelance, the ability to you know, buy that, that franchise maybe that you've been eyeing up for 25 years but never had the guts to, to you know, make that change and do that. Yeah. The ability to do remote work, that's something that you know I see as, as I look to midlife and beyond. You know, certainly Brock, yourself, myself, we can do this from anywhere. And those types of, of career changes are are something that we as a group in midlife need to embrace. Not everybody can make those changes. I understand that some people have to go in and get that traditional nine to five job. But there are opportunities out there that are legitimate now, whereas, you know, even 10 years ago and certainly, you know, pre-COVID to, to say, hey, I'm going to quit this nine to five or, you know, I was downsized for whatever reason, possibly ageism, and I'm going to, you know, open up my own shop and, you know, hang, you know, hang out my own shingle. The attitude uh, about that has changed. And I think COVID has done a great job in changing that attitude. I think it's given it's given a lot of us the the ability or the freedom to make the change. If, if that's, you know, if something good has come out of these past 15 months or so, it, I, I think that's it. I, I think it's giving it's given some of us the freedom 
Some of us, it's been forced to make the change, right? But even us that haven't been forced to make a change, it's given us the freedom and the ability to do that. And I'm not, I don't want to paint too rosy of a picture, obviously, because, you know, certainly this has been difficult, you know, from an economic standpoint, from a health standpoint. But there has been some positives that have come out of COVID from a career standpoint, especially with our demographic. And, and I think that that those opportunities are only going to increase as we move forward and come out of this this pandemic. It, w- it was interesting watching companies go from there's no way people can work remotely to the very next day, y'all just pack up your computers and go home now, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the change was overnight, even very conservative, big, slow moving industries were just suddenly remote and yeah. it all worked and they just needed something to, to push the decision. And it certainly does seem to have the potential for opening up a lot of a lot of opportunities on where you live, what you're doing, how you're doing. Is there a way that, that you've noticed? I mean, I know you said you're working on a job board and a platform to, to really take advantage of it. Because it strikes me that, you know, living wherever and work, looking for a job wherever, well, it, it was easier in the sense that it was a lot more narrowed when it's like, I live in this city, I'll look in this city for a job versus, you know, what's available on the planet? Like, where do you even start? Yeah, I mean, that's a problem. There, there are... There's a, a plethora of resources out there to you know, to identify opportunities globally, but you know, to somebody who it, you know has taken that that big giant leap uh, and left a career, been forced out, and are kind of lost and searching for for what to do, it's it's really important to to build a, a strong network. For so long, I think many of us have have confined our network to folks that are in the same industry or the same, even the same company or the same role that we have been in for the last 30 years. And in order to, to really, really excel in our second halves, I think we need to learn how to expand that network. So look at, look at networking with folks that, you know, maybe are not in your role, that, that certainly aren't just in, you know, working for the same company that you do. Start to identify folks in certain other careers that you are interested in, start, you know, going to meetups, really reach out via LinkedIn or Facebook. Uh, There's a plethora of LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups that you can join, but start networking in those areas that you have an interest in for the next 30 years. So, you know, if you want to get out of, you know, you don't want to be a CPA any longer, but you're interested in designing websites, just as an example start networking with other folks that are doing that. You know, a lot of times we have this insular network and we need to really broaden that. And that, and that means, that means geographically as well. It's, it's, it's much easier than, than one might think to develop a strong network of folks um, outside of your, your current geography and outside of your current role and in, in, in vertical market. So if that's, if, there, if I can leave you with one thing, I think that's, the most important thing is develop that that super strong network and don't be afraid, you know, add value to the network, but don't be afraid to strike up conversations. Opportunities present themselves in the strangest ways sometimes, but you need to be open to the opportunities. You need to open yourselves up to discussion um, and, and open yourselves up to, you know, to really you know, having a virtual coffee with people and asking them their experience and how they got to where they're at now and, and, and you know, geographically, if you're thinking about moving somewhere, there's there there are you know, pla- you know 
places that you can go online that will help you identify, you know, people and groups in those areas that will make that transition much easier for you. So what are you working on uh, in, in your own life on becoming more badass at? What, do, what are you trying to tap into? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. So, so I'm over 50 badass and, it, and, and it's, I'm kind of identified as over 50 badass. And as we move forward with this platform, I, you know, plan on, on, you know, you know, having more content to developers and creators on the badass platform so that I'm certainly not the only voice that's coming out of, uh, out of our, uh, out of our organization. You know, I, I don't want to hear myself talk constantly <laughs> and I'm sure everybody else doesn't either. So I, I think I want to assemble a, a collective of badasses, if you will, that each bring to the, you know, to the table, a unique viewpoint, a, a unique experience and, and value that they can bring to our audience. And, and that's what we're going to do moving forward as we, as we bring this new platform to, to, to the midlife audience here. So pretty excited about, about that. That's what we've been burning the candle on both ends with. And as far as being more badass uh, in my personal life, I got I to gotta get back to that, you know, get dust off my, my skis and get, get, get out there and do some more of those things that, that I was passionate about when I was younger. You know, I preach that and I know it in my head, but I, I, I haven't skied for three years and uh, I need to do that, you know, so, so I've got to, I've got to eat my own dog food, if you will. Well, it is a nice reminder that it feels like you just need to be more intentional, like, I don't know, when I was a kid, there was like three things that I did, right? It was easy to do those things. But now as an adult, as a parent, as a husband, you know, I got got a job, got interest and I just go in a million different directions. It's easy to go. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I love mountain biking and but it's easy to go, oh, you know, it's rainy this weekend. It's hot this weekend. I've got to clean the garage. I, you know, got all this other stuff to do. And suddenly three months have gone by. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, it, well, it's you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think I, I think one thing that I think we could do to to help us with that would be to you know identify you know a group of, of guys that that you know like the same things that you do that you can say hey we're gonna we're gonna set a, a date and we're gonna do this you know every couple of weeks come hell or high water and then you know razz each other if if you don't make it because you have to you know you have to go to the store or something so. I, I think I could I could use a little bit of that, you know. So if you were closer, you know, I'd, I'd come on biking with you, man. <laughs> Well, you, you know, we, we were talking a little bit earlier before we started re recording, and I don't know if anyone remembers the movie Roadside Profits. I, I guarantee I'm probably one of about five people that saw it. It was a, a great movie, tons of cameos, but with, with John Doe from the band X and, oh, was it Adam, Adam Horvitz from, from the Beastie Boys? I mean, it had like, I'm blanking on like everyone. I mean, everyone from like Timothy Leary had a yeah. cameo in it. David Carradine from Kung Fu had a cameo in it. John Cusack had a cameo in it. Like everybody kind of on the fringes showed up there. But anyway, the, the, the theme of the movie and getting to the very end, the advice given to, to the John Doe's character was, you know, get yourself a friend. And that was just, I, I don't know, it, it struck me then. I was like in my 20s when I saw it. Now that I'm 50, it strikes me even harder. Just, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, for a lot of us, our friends are still the people like we went to high school and college with, and maybe, you know, that one person at work or whatever. It's, it's easy to get to this stage in life, or I think a lot of us end up in this stage in life where we don't have the connections that we had when they were, we were younger. They're harder to come by or our friends, you know, they 
they moved away. They were couples friends, you know, couples get divorced, you know, just we we kind of bleed friends as we go through life. But that that connection is so important. And yeah, I mean, we we were talking a little bit earlier just about, you know, isolation, loneliness that can come from it, getting stuck in our ruts. You know, if we don't have a group of friends to motivate us to come drag us out of the house and go have some fun or, or, or whatever it is, you know, so from, from your experience and like, how do we solve that problem? And that sounds really weird to, you know, be asking someone in their fifties, like, how do you make a friend? But no, that's a, that's a great, that's a great question. You know, in, in, as we were talking before, this is a big problem, especially, you know, and I'm not discounting, you know, this issue, you know, with our, our female listeners, but it's a, it's a, it's a big problem with men. A lot of times, you know, you've, you've been on, on this career track and, and you haven't forged those deep friendships. I think it's easier for for women to do that for for whatever reason it is, right? I think they're they're you know they they allow themselves to open up more to other women to talk about what might be bothering them uh, emotionally or physically or what have you. Whereas we've always been taught to keep things inside and not you know everything's everything's great. How's it going? Oh, great! Yeah. You know, and then and, and, and it's it comes natural that it comes out of your mouth. You know, oh yeah, kicking ass. Yeah, everything's everything's awesome. In reality, you're you know you're going through something, and, and it's hard for men to to open up to other men about that. And 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 that's a that's a question that my gosh, you know, you and I are going to be able to answer on a podcast. But the ability to to make a connection, to make a friend, is 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 a tough tough thing. I, I think it's it's somewhat it's somewhat I guess akin to dusting off that that badassery that you had about you know surfing or mountain biking or skiing or whatever that thing was you know punk rock whatever although at, at 55 you know if i'm if i'm you know wearing a mohawk i might be looked at a little weird but but you know it, it, you can you can reconnect with some of those those people that you used to do those badass things with and, and they you know quite frankly i'd love to hear from you you know, it, it's just, it's just that it's just like, if you're in a sales job and you don't want to do a cold call, you know, pick up the damn phone, you know, send a, send a Facebook message. I mean, if, if, you know, if you, even if you feel weird about, you know, picking up the phone, send them a Facebook message. Hey man, it's been, it's been 20 years. I, you know, I see, I see your family on Facebook. I, you, know, you guys seem like you're, you know, enjoying things. Love to get together, you know, you know, and I, I know that sounds simple and, and this isn't sage advice for anybody, but you know, you'd be surprised that 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 other you know that other person on the, on the other end of that Facebook message would probably would probably be so psyched to uh, to get it from you. You know, and and I guarantee you, you're going to make those reconnections, if you will. And I think that that's one way to go about it. And I think when you because you do have that shared history, you know, from those old friendships, once they're reconnected. I think the ability to open up to each other at that point is much greater in many instances than with somebody who is a newer friend, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation here, Craig. And so let me ask, where, where can people find find you, find the platform? What's, what's the best way to reach out? 
Yeah, so you can you can find me at Craig at over50badass.com, over50badass on, on Twitter, on Instagram, Craig Sweeney on Instagram. Go to the platform at over50badass.com, sign up for our newsletter. We're going to be coming out with a new platform within six weeks, some really fun stuff, and, and I'll be leaking that out as we move forward into this into the summer here. Uh, but really, really excited about it. So we'll be bringing you some fun stuff. And, and you know, I think if anybody can take anything, it's you also have to you know, come at this with a, a dose of humor. So some of our writing and some of our content is is going to, you know, it, it, we don't have to, always have to be so serious. We can you know, take ourselves a little, a little less seriously at times and, and just go out there and kick some ass. Sounds great. Thank you so much for being on, Craig. This has been awesome. Thanks, Brock. I appreciate you having me, man. I'm going to have to have you on mine as well. Excellent. Look forward to it.